Our communion meditation is in Jonah. And the text is Jonah 4, 1 through 4. But I will read starting at verse 10 in chapter 3. Then God saw their works that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jonah's life and for the example that he gives us even this day and for all time, really. And so we pray, Lord, that you would awaken us to a greater understanding of this story and what was going on in Jonah's heart. We thank you, Father, for this knowledge, and we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us into truth. In Christ's name we pray again. Amen. So we know that Jonah disobeyed God and ran away towards Tarshish whenever he was uh, instructed by God to go to the city of Nineveh and preach to them. And yet... Uh, back then, when I began this series, we did not know why Jonah ran. It's not clear in Jonah 1 why exactly Jonah did not obey. And yet here, we finally see uh, what happened. At that time, you can think, well, it could have been because what we know about the Assyrians, just how evil and wicked and brutal they were. Maybe Jonah was afraid. Maybe he was afraid that they were going to kill him if he showed up there. And yet, uh, last week in uh, the sermon, Pastor Kaiser shared with us a little bit, a little glimpse into the brutality of the Assyrians. And so we see what likely motivated Jonah to flee. Yet, he's given a second chance. And so we talked uh, a few weeks ago about how, with the beginning of chapter 3, we really have Jonah reenacted. And so Jonah's given a second chance in order to obey, and this time he does obey. And we just read that the entire city of Nineveh turns to God in repentance. They don sackcloth and ashes, and they humble themselves before God and before this pronouncement of impending destruction. Then we read 4.1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he became angry. So this prophet of God goes to this city, preaches to them. As I mentioned last time, I doubt he even got to go through the city. The word took off like wildfire. All these people humble themselves and repent. And Jonah is exceedingly angry. Then we learn why he ran away. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. And then he wants to die. He would rather die than live in a world filled with mercy. 
to those that he doesn't want any mercy extended to. If you watched Les Miserables, I, I think nearly all of us probably did when the movie came out at least uh, last year, and I think this movie portrayed it in a more realistic way to me than I'd ever experienced it, and I'd seen it before, I'd listened to the audiobook before, but that inspector Javert could not live in a world filled with mercy. He'd lived his life without a belief that mercy should ever be extended to anyone. And so when he came face to face with Jean Valjean's mercy, he didn't want to live with it. He didn't want to face the reality of how he'd lived his life never, ever willing to extend mercy to anyone because that's not the world that he lived in. It's not the world that he envisioned for himself. And so that's why, in the end, he commits suicide. He doesn't want to live in the world that the same Jean Valjean lived in, a man who could ex exhibit that type of mercy. So Jonah would rather die. He says it very clearly. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better to me to die than to live. And so how does God respond? What does he say? Is it right for you to be angry? Is it fair? You're complaining about fairness, yet is it fair that you're angry? That's what he's asking Jonah. Jonah wants to see justice, not mercy. No, not mercy. And yet, this question, is it right for you to be angry, I believe comes to all of us quite often. We're faced with things in life that make us angry. Uh, it was great that Samuel said exactly that in his prayer earlier. These little things that make us angry day to day, week to week. And yet, I believe I hear God asking me, is it right for you to be angry? Why are you so angry? Are you really angry at injustice, or are you angry that the mercy is being given in ways that are inconsistent with your own desires? Anger is, I think, very interesting. Have you ever, now you could have done this personally or you could have seen it done, but have you ever yourself or seen it done, seen something so tiny spark an anger and rage in someone that's out of proportion to the triggering event. I think we've all seen it. I think many of us have ourselves experienced it. What happened? What happened in that instant? A match was lit to a huge pile of kindling and fuel that then began to burn uncontrollably. And so the match is out of proportion to the fire that's now raging. And see, that's what we see in Jonah. We see that very evidently. All he's told to do is go preach to Nineveh. Yet, he abandons his relationship with God. He abandons his people. He flees. He's running away from God. And I mentioned when we covered that, when you're running away from God, where are you going? Because if you know God, you're going nowhere. 
There's nowhere to run to. So Jonah would rather run away from all that he knows, all that he loves, because he doesn't like this world that God is forcing him to live in. He doesn't like to see God extending mercy where he himself wants to see justice. Jonah, in this instant, has this huge stack of wood that's been inundated with gasoline ready for this ignition event. And don't we all sometimes have something similar in our lives? People don't see it. They don't know it. And yet, it's triggered, and a reaction is out of all proportion to what we think it should be. That's anger. That's why anger can be so odd, because some people just constantly are piling up these big piles of wood, ready for the next ignition event. And so you know when you deal with people like that. If we ourselves were people like that with a hair trigger, if we have dealt with people that have hair trigger, we know it. And it's not right. They're harboring up all of this bitterness in themselves, and then it is ready to be triggered. Now, we ended this with a question. What was the question God asked Jonah? Is it right for you to be angry? And the implication is no. It's not right for Jonah to be angry. And it's not right for us to be angry. Oftentimes, we who have experienced God's grace and mercy, who know the depths of our depravity, and yet want to see it withheld from others because we don't think that they're worthy, whereas we obviously believe we are. It's a misunderstanding of God's grace. We don't understand our sin, therefore we don't understand the extent of God's mercy and grace to ourselves and others. So. God is judge over all the earth, and what that means as the judge, the only judge, is that he alone extends mercy to those whom he wills, he withholds it from those whom he wills, and he administers justice to those that he, that he wills. We ourselves have no insight into that. We have a voice, we can pray to God, but if we do as Jonah does, our prayers will not be answered. We must pray God's will. So when we come to the table, I want to read to you a, a small verse from James 2.13, and I want to reread it. Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. See, that's the world that Jean Valjean or Javert did not want to live in. He did not want to live in a world where mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you want to live in a world where mercy triumphs over judgment? Jonah didn't. You see, you must cast all of that responsibility for justice and mercy into God's hands. People become very embittered at how they're treated in this world, the things that they suffer. But yet, to the degree that that is a little pile of fuel that will burn within you if triggered, that is something that needs to be given over to God. God, please take it away. This bitterness that I'm holding within myself, please take it away. I don't want it to 
burn up in this fashion. I want you to burn it up. Here, pile it at the foot of the cross. So when we come to the Lord's table, that's another thing that we do. We bring all that bitterness from within us. We pour it out there. And therefore, there is no trigger point with us after that. There is no uh, spark that will drive you into some unwholesome, ungodly anger in the week ahead because you've burned it up here at the table. So I encourage you to do that. Reflect on your own heart. Are you withholding something that you must burn up, that God will burn up if only you will stop holding it and protecting it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that in the table we see mercy triumphing over judgment. And while we ourselves uh, have benefited from that and love you for it, uh, we know that there are aspects of our character that are uncomfortable with mercy being extended to others. And so we pray, Lord, that you would uh, reveal that to us, open our minds, have your Holy Spirit to crack us open and have the penetrating light of the gospel shine through and cleanse those aspects of our soul. We thank you, Father. We come before you in Christ's name and ask you to bless us in the table that's before us. Amen.